0: buddy this is Joe from the Joe Miro podcast It's been a while since we've done this um today is a very special episode um, welcome to the premiere of season seven um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we're here bringing along some more content for you if you've missed any of the other episodes it was over on our um, patreon so make sure you go subscribe and um check that out um, a lot of good stuff over there anyways. As I said, my name is Joe. With me is Michael. Hello. And with Michael and I is Robert. Yep, Uh, filling in for Rollins again. Uh, She's sick. Yeah, if you listened to the previous episodes, you'd be able to understand what's going on there. So check out that Patreon. Um, (laughs) How's everyone doing?
1: Hanging in there. Good. Love to hear (laughs) it. Uh, life, life is good, dude. Um, our cat seems to be a little less traumatized as every day goes by. Oh, that's good. That's uh, good. She, we moved her. We moved some of the things around in our house so that she is almost forced to interact with us. <laughs> Dang. Uh, I know, probably therapists might not recommend that, but our cat uh, mostly sleeps all day on our bed in a corner of the room and that sounds like depression. Mm-hmm. So we're <laughs> trying to
0: do what we can. Um
1: Yeah. And outside that we're you know.
0: And how does um how does Barbari like that? How does she like socializing? Well I
1: mean she she's making like a dramatic improvement. She Oh that's great. Uh yeah like new people come to our house and she doesn't immediately run away. She seems interested. Like my mm-hmm. mom, it's, it, I mean, out of all the people that visit the one person who she actually got super close with is the one person who's super allergic. Um, and so we were actually how like, yeah, we were like, I don't know how to go about this to tell Barbary. No, but also yes, but no, cause my mom might die, but, um, not die. She just, you know, Anyways, that was a great story. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pet Podcast.
2: <laughs> um, hold on a second. Joey texted us, and now I need to respond to him. Okay, so he's yeah, interrupting yeah. the podcast. Joey, would you? Yeah, I guess so. Uh,
1: do I have sound waves popping up on my end? Oh. I don't. <laughs> Michael said you're good. <laughs> and... <laughs>
0: Just want to make sure my audio would be uh, saved whenever we eventually cut this and upload it in two years.
1: Uh, For anyone that's not in this group chat, so everyone, um, (laughs) what's been happening recently, a little update. Michael has been sending us pictures of, uh, there's Lego Star Wars stuff going on. It's Darth Maul. Um, I can't tell if he has robotic legs or not. Looks like he might. (laughs) Uh, Battling dual-wielding Ahsoka. Um, and then above that is a Lego picture again, and it's Sonic and he is collecting rings and I believe one of the original Sonic levels and there's Eggman in the back, right background. He is in his little mobile and, uh, that's, that's basically been our conversation. So now everyone's up to date on what we've been texting about. Thank you, Robert. Um, (laughs) That's
2: that's it. I don't do it. Joey and I were having a conversation um about how Eggman uh well how the Sonic set is mostly um very impressively faithful to the original vision of the game. Um minus the fact that Sonic looks like a furry and <laughs> Eggman has a head nipple. Um
0: yeah and- that that's that's what that's what it was.
2: I was like, they should have done the little hat thing like they do for Darth Maul. And I showed him and he was like, ah, yes, I see. Darth Maul has a head anus instead of a head nipple. And I was like, okay.
0: So (laughs) anyone who's curious about what we're even talking about, um, we'll upload the pictures on the Patreon once again. Yeah, we will. We'll check that out and you can join it on the fun. And that is a special tier and we'll add you to the group chat. Yep. So check that out. Um, as far as how I'm doing, um, I am
2: still getting over COVID apparently and um, talking is hard. Um, it's been a very hard year, but I'm just happy to be recording Jomiro again. Oh yeah, actual update, non-Patreon update. Um, we we have another, this episode is being recorded, uh, Very, it's very up to date. This will be up very soon, um, but we have another episode that will go up um, after this. That is not up to date. It is months old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I forgot about that
2: episode. <laughs> we recorded it last week. Yeah, last week. I can't wait to see what we talk about to see uh, how up to date it is. I probably, you know, say this. I have no idea. I have no idea what we're going to say. I've, I've not listened to it yet, so that'll be fun. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm good. I'm good right now. Just talking is hard, but you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get through it. Joey, what is this episode about today?
0: Uh, yeah, I've been doing okay. Thanks for asking. Um, things have been going <laughs> great. <laughs> um, at, the po- at the time of recording this, it's actually um, Mac's birthday tomorrow. He'll be turning six years old. It's Woo! pretty awesome. Happy birthday. I just finished up my first week of the school year. Um, it went well. Excited for things to come. And... The weather's getting a little cooler. It's no longer super hot. Today's high is only like eighty nine. So um we're almost in fall weather. So that's awesome. It's really exciting. And yeah, that's that's how um that's how I've been. Outside of
1: that, we've all been slightly depressed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have not been. I've actually been pretty happy recently.
1: Well it sounds like <laughs> really for a while
0: in. now.
2: Sounds like Joey's depression kicked in when I didn't ask him how he's been doing. Yeah, every, everyone
0: got to talk about that and then Michael <laughs> didn't want to ask me how I'm doing. <sighs> <Woo! laughs> also, 65 days until Halloween for all, the, all those who are counting down. Super, super cool stuff there. Lovely. <laughs> okay. Now we're we ready to jump into it. No. Okay. What's up? Okay, now I'm ready. Okay, okay. Robert, are you, are you ready?
1: Uh yes. Yeah, I think so.
0: All right, cool. So, there's this li- there's this little show that I've been watching recently. Um some of you might have heard of it. Started about like 2 weeks ago called um Game of Thrones. You guys heard <laughs> of this show? No. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, what's it about? A lot of people die and a lot of weird stuff happens and like everything's crazy. It's kind of hard to really follow a lot lot of weird stuff um so like i said i started a few weeks ago or whatever or something like that and michael and robert want to talk about the first season so we're going to talk about the first season of game of thrones in here in 2022 (laughs) or whenever this episode is recorded or unpublished also
1: (laughs) (laughs) a a reason why we want to talk about it is uh hbo decided to return to westeros house of the dragon is out and about and there are uh, a lot of similarities and differences and
0: are we talking about both at the same time i thought we were going to do one than the other i was going to touch on that later but cool uh, well, I thought that, we were that, gonna... that too. <laughs> well <laughs> it's not like
2: it's a two-part episode we might as well talk about what we're going to talk about here in the beginning since we have a plan and it's not just oh what's your topic
0: all right, we're also talking about the show House of the Dragon that uh, came out last week.
2: Well, I thought Robert was doing a swimming job, but if you'd like to interrupt him, then
0: that's <laughs> on you. Oh, interrupting is Joe Muro's, like, tagline.
2: <laughs> that and forgetting to ask your friends how they're doing.
1: Yeah, that. <laughs> I missed you guys. missed, I missed you too, you Robert. Too.
2: Robert, I didn't miss Joey. Yeah, of oh.
1: course not.
2: That's why I didn't ask him how he's doing. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Uh, You you want to finish what you were saying before I rudely interrupted you and Michael rudely hurt my feelings. (laughs) (laughs)
1: House of the Dragon is out. This was considered by uh, many to be either a hit or miss move. Some people were pretty excited about it. Some people were really wary about it. I was really wary about it. I was really worried that it was going to be another cash grab because that seems to be the age that we're in of making prequels and sequels and redos. And remember that movie from 40 years ago? We decided to make a sequel at Top Gun. Um, it was actually good, though, Top Gun. It was actually good. It was uh, really good. I'm not going to lie, but again... That that movie's whole purpose is to bolster military recruitment, so I don't feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> it brought back the
0: mustache, which makes me happy. Now Kristen's cool with me having a mustache. Nice, we yeah, love she that. Was she was like, "Oh, it's it's in now, so the consultant, so now I can wear have a mustache." She's like, "Yeah, so cool. <laughs> I can now I can now have a mustache and it be approved by my fiance." <laughs> <laughs> um. So House the Dragon came out,
1: and it got record numbers for viewership for HBO, which Hmm. if anyone is aware of what's going on with HBO, there's a big shakedown in the streaming service industry, AT&T, who owns Discovery or HBO. I don't exactly remember, but AT&T dumped a lot of debt on Discovery, I believe, and Discovery and HBO decided to merge. And so through that process they have been dumping a lot of programs, canceling a lot of future plans. And so something like this is very vital to the survival of a streaming company like that. Um, and so a lot of,
2: go for it. Sorry. I, I I don't think we've really ever seen anything like this. That's all I was going to say, like just seeing movies and shows that are far along in production. Like Batgirl is the most notorious example, obviously. Um, being canceled after it's completely shot, and the team uh-huh. is in the editing room, you know, making this into a final product, like yeah, with big names. Ma- Michael Keaton was returning as Batman, and they were like, ah, tax write off, you know, <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. That's all I was
1: going to say. Oh, it is absolutely crazy. I mean, it just, it is. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it seems to be very controversial. <laughs> the fact that AT and T dumped a lot of their debt onto the company once they were getting rid of it. And, yeah, it just, it just really sucks because there's a lot of material that's out there that will never be released. And I don't know enough about the movie industry to say if that was a smart decision or not. But um, I don't know. I, I like a lot of stuff on HBO. I have never been against Discovery, so I hope that they... Are able to survive through this. But back to Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. Joey is watching
0: Game of Thrones for the very first time. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, so I
0: finished all of season one in the first two episodes of season two.
1: I would love to hear some of your initial thoughts.
0: Go. Okay. So as the as the show was going on, I didn't know when we would talk about this. And I know that I wouldn't remember it, so I just wrote down like bullet points as the show progressed on my phone. Spoilers Uh, for Game
2: of Thrones, I guess.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Are are we gonna are we gonna do spoilers or we're gonna dance around spoilers? Yeah, we're doing spoilers. The
1: show's been out for a very long time. What about for House of the Dragon? House of the Dragon, I think we could talk about we'll make here's a disclaimer. There will be spoilers. Okay. For House of the Dragon.
0: It's
1: just the first episode, but Yes. Uh what did you know about game of thrones before watching it
0: um the last season's absolutely terrible um wheelchair kid becomes like the king at the end and a lot of people hated that um there's a lot of incest and a lot of people die there's dragons that's kind of all i knew about the show oh jason momoa's start was the show basically this show kind of skyrocketed him and to be Jason Momoa. Yeah, I think that's everything I knew about the show.
2: Uh, Jason Momoa was born in this show. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, when, when did it the show 15. When did this show come out? 2017, 16? I believe 2013. 2013, yeah. cool. So yeah, I was watching The Walking Dead around this time. That's where I was investing my time into. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really? It was a fantastic show for, like, the first, like, four or five seasons, and then now they're on season, like, 13 still or something. I apologize. 2011. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah, I, maybe I know, I right?
3: Oh, but
2: that makes sense, because, yeah, because it ended in 2019. So, wow, that's crazy.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so that's all I knew about the show.
1: <coughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's okay. dude. Edda had the same thing where she had like COVID came and then it, it, she'd be like fine for a week and then she'd be like sick as a dog for another week. And then it'd be like one day fine, three days sick. It was so weird. It's unbelievable. Like I, I've been going back to
2: work. Like I've been, I was okay. And then like, not yesterday but the night before i was just like i feel like i'm sick and the like for the next like 18 hours it was like i just had covid again and then in in like an hour at the end of it it was gone (laughs) like it's so weird
1: (sighs) (sighs) um that sucks
2: shoot i was gonna say something about game of thrones but i don't remember anyway go ahead continue joey
0: That that's where I left off. Robert asked what I knew about it, and that's everything that I knew about the show going into it. Oh, and that I guess it's like really good. People really (laughs) like the show.
1: (laughs) Yes, it. uh, From what I remember, it ended up being the most pirated show on the internet ever, and it increased HBO's viewership by a lot. They ended up that was kind of like HBO's baby for a while.
0: It makes sense. It,
2: uh, I didn't watch it till super late. Like Rollins and I didn't start it until like right before the last episode aired, I think. Um, so like we kind of knew everything, not knew everything going into it, but like, so you're saying you didn't have anything really crazy spoiled for you, Joey.
0: (laughs) Uh, other than the ending, I guess, and I might even be wrong on that, and Joffrey being the most hated character on television, no, I didn't have really anything spoiled. Okay, so like, tell us about the
2: like the first episode. Like, how 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 did you feel after the first episode? Because like, I'm getting this sense that you like almost finished season one, and you're like, this is good, but like, I don't want to finish it. And then you finish the season, and now you're two episodes into season two, and I'm, I'm guessing so- that you like it more now.
0: I I liked it going into it. The thing is, I was watching it while on vacation um, and I was feeling sick for a few days. So I had nothing to do while everyone else was out doing stuff. So I decided I'm going to start Game of Thrones because I've been talking about it. And then I watched it some more throughout vacation. It's one of those things where like you're doing it and you're into it and it's a in the moment type of thing. And then I left and then I got back to kind of like the real world again. And I got back to like being back home, having to take care of the dogs playing video games. I got back to all that type of stuff, and I kind of put that on the back burner. Um, and then with House of Dragon coming out, I decided to jump back into it. Um, so after the first episode, I watched it, and unfortunately, in my bullet points, I didn't put a separation between the episodes. I just kind of put thought after thought as it started going. Um, and I watched it, and I liked it. I was like this. I see where the hype is from. This is really interesting. On vacation, I was talking to Kristen's brother about it, because he's seen the entire thing. So yeah, after the first episode, big fan. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Bro, there's a
2: big spider on my wall right now.
0: <laughs> now you're presented with two options. Three options. Four options. Okay. You can either <laughs> you can kill it right now. You can <laughs> capture it and securely put it outside, thus saving its life. You can ignore it and let it continue to live its life, or you can just burn the entire place down. You could try and
1: bargain with it. That's true. Like, like, I
0: don't like, think he'll talk to you.
1: Excuse me, sir. It, can you please you know, leave you, my home? If you put up like a little area and you're like, this is your space, you know, just <coughs> keep like keep the flies out. That could be beneficial.
0: Sir, rent we, is due in three days.
1: Well, that might be so. how it pays, right? You know, <laughs> hey, like five flies a week—that's pretty sufficient. I've got—we've
2: uh, got like unironically three spiders on our door outside with webs mm-hmm. that have been there for more than a month, and I love them. They—they've helped a, a lot. I see all sorts of flies and gnats and things in their webs. I am also sick of trying to capture spiders and throw them out because it has been so many of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so unfortunately, I think I'm gonna have to kill this spider. Also, I don't know what kind of spider it is, and it's kind of freaking me out. So, no, uh, talk about t- Joey. Talk about Game of Thrones. I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna kill the spider.
1: Yeah, Joey, I have a question for you. Yep. So what? What was like the hook in the first episode for you? What? What got you?
0: Um, the first point that I have down. To my point is all the dogs are good dogs. So <laughs> the season yeah. the season started and there was this pack of wolves and they found some wolf puppies and they gave the dogs to the children. And I was like, these wolves are going to grow up to be large animals and it's probably going to be fun. And that was probably my hook right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I didn't really have a real hook. My only hook is that everyone says that the show is great. And I started watching it and I was like, this is a good show. It's interesting. Um, the, they showed the Lannisters, and I was like, oh, these people suck. I can't wait to see how bad things happen to them. So I think that was, that's something that made me keep watching. Um, and I think that was about it. I don't think there was anything in episode one, unless I'm misremembering something that that was super interesting to me that caught my eye. Um, the White Walkers were cool. I think in immediate... Yeah, Kristen was going to watch it with me, but she got three minutes in and saw the saw the frozen heads um, and the, or the frozen bodies, and she got scared and she noped out. Um, but I kept watching and I saw the White Walkers and I was like, oh, I hear these things are like really fearsome. <laughs> Beast creatures, animals, monsters, whatever they are. And that was that. And I was like, oh,
2: they're, that's cool. Can't wait to see more of them. So I, I remember when I first watched it, like I – I loved like the fantasy setting and just how dense it was. And I don't know, like tonally sound like it was just like unwavering the, the feeling it, it the way it makes you feel through the whole episode. But I, I was really hooked, not hooked, but I, it really piqued my interest at the end of episode one, when Bran is pushed out of the tower. Um, mm-hmm. and he, he like walks in, maybe you already talked about this while I was killing the spider. No, um, No, I didn't.
0: I didn't talk about that.
2: So, like, that that moment for you
0: wasn't enough? You were just still like, okay, interesting, good first episode, and you just kept going? Uh, no, that wasn't enough, because I know that I... Like, he got pushed out of the tower, but I was never fearful, because I know that he survives. I know that he ends up being paralyzed. He's, like, in a coma or whatever for a few episodes, and I'm not really too worried, because I already know that he's going to make it out of this okay. Or at least that was my assumption. He could have died and brought, got brought back by witch magic or something. I don't know, but... He ended up just waking up and being okay and paralyzed.
2: I totally thought he was dead the first time I watched it.
0: I mean, if I didn't have that, um, if I guess spoiled, if I didn't have that, um, that past knowledge that he was going to be okay. I mean, I could see it too. That was a really high fall. No kid at the age of like nine or ten or however old he is should should probably survive that.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those dang Lannisters, man. Mm-hmm. Joey, I, you've got such a journey ahead of you. I can't. Yeah, even- I'm, I'm sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I I just can't believe the show exists for so many reasons, good and bad. <laughs> um so I think the the uh, really the only other thing that I really wanted to get your thoughts on is uh again spoilers, um Ned in general. All right.
0: So in the beginning of the show, I was kind of Semi on the fence, a little, a little not like Ned just seemed like a character. He was like the king of the time, and like he seemed like a good family man. As the show went on, I was like, "Oh, Ned is a great family man." Um, I also have in my notes uh, why is he called Ned when his name is Ennard? <laughs> That's something that they said his name for the first time. They said Ennard, and I was like, "That's not." Ned <laughs> So like I was really confused Why they decided to go with the name Ned When they could have called him like I don't know N or something to, I don't know to be is, is is, is Enner, like a common name that's commonly <laughs> Shortened or shortened to Ned That I just don't know about Like um, Chuck and Charles How they're like not similar but they're shortened Or like Robert and Bill Robert and Bob Bob yeah
2: <laughs> well well know, it's
0: William and Bill.
2: That's what it is, William and Bill. Michael and Charlie. Like who calls yeah. Michael so, Charlie? No one.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm just confused why they decided to go with Ned. Is that a thing that I just don't know about? His his name is Eddard.
2: Like E D D A R D. Um and I would say yes. It's like a Chuck Charles, Bill William kind of thing.
0: Okay. I've I've never heard of the name Eddard. Um so I was just confused by that.
2: I mean I haven't heard half of the names in this show. (laughs) (laughs) Let's Um, be real.
0: But Ned Ned's Ned ended up being like a good character. Um spoilers, 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 spoilers. (laughs) Talking about spoilers. Um him dying was a complete shock to me.
3: Yeah. That, That really
0: caught me off guard, was not expecting it because the whole talk um Mr. Monk Man was like, just turn yourself in and they'll send you to the, to the to the wall and you'll be okay. And he was like, for my family. And he was like, I, I confess to these traitorisms that I did not do, but I'll do it just to save my family. And they were like off with his head. And I was like, oh, surely someone's going to step in and save him, right? And then they just cut his head off. And I was like, darn, that's uh, I- unexpected
2: there are so many things in game of thrones that you haven't seen yet obviously that i think are really incredible and maybe better than ned's death but for me that's like the quintessential moment of the show like that is like the oh my god i don't know what's about to happen moment like it's just like they they do right by the characters almost at every turn um but like they also have so much fun with it and keep you on they keep you on your toes uh-huh. every, like every step of the way i think it sets the stakes
1: yeah absolutely it it lets you it's an indication to the viewer at least in my belief that this is what's at stake these are realistic in a sense characters that have a lot to gain and a lot to lose and it it shows that like these these characters' ambitions are they're palpable like you you can envision yourself in these scenarios because you know the hero doesn't always save the day and George's inspiration for a lot of this stuff is based on a lot of real history and so Real history is not pretty. Like uh, when, no. yeah, <laughs> like a lot of our history books make us want to believe, like, oh, yes, a bunch of people got together through tea in the river, and
0: then we won the war. And <laughs> what's 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 the saying? History is written by the winners, or something like that. Yeah, history is written by the victors, and a
1: lot of like common people's history, like you and me, uh, us three, like our history is not going to be in the
0: books. And so Uh, don't speak so soon. (laughs) (laughs) We're still young and we can make a difference in this world. Yeah. Sorry.
1: When we start working for Macmillan here in a few years. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And so, you know, history is written with a lot of bias And, and George, I think goes to extreme depths to, Really show that the the dark underbelly of a lot of history, like uh, wars are glorified and feasts and dinners, you know, like medieval history is so fantasized, but like it it does the opposite of like what people expect fantasy to be. People expect a lot of the fantasy genre to be like this like like gallant and chivalrous and magical and heroic and instead he adds a realistic version to fantasy which is just so unique that it feels like it's just so it's interesting even if you don't like it it's an interesting concept i think that's why a lot of people were drawn to it because we're in an age now i think this is why people are really interested in house of the dragon as well because we're in an age where it's there isn't a whole lot of character development and high stakes Uh just because and I'm, I'm not going to get into a rant or anything, but a lot of cinema has a formula that works that is about feeling good. And there's nothing wrong with that. If people like that, that's that's totally fine. The hero wins in the end. You can feel comfortable and safe with that. But there's also cinema like this that has like a lot of realism to it. And I, it, it just feels really interesting to see that played out. And that's why I really like game of Thrones at least is it, it just is so raw. Um, but there's a lot of problems with it too. I think uh, we'll get into that later, but I, I, I promise I will keep this short.
2: Because I don't I don't want to talk about how the show ends, obviously, and I won't in any specifics. Um, but I also don't want to do it because Joey is here and I want him to experience it, and I think he
0: will. That that's my It's gonna be quite a while until I get to the end, I feel like That's
2: fine. That's quite fine. A it's a decently long show, you know. It's yeah, what, eight sevens, seasons.
1: Seven is eight maybe. Yeah, yeah, eight seasons. Each season has ten episodes except for season seven and eight. Right, but,
0: I, I like I like that. I think ten is a good number. Ten to twelve is a good number to stop a season. Anything more than that is a bit long, a bit way too many. I feel like
2: I agree, and but like that's what makes the end of the show dis- so disappointing. Because everything Robert said, he's he's a hundred percent right. Like Game of Thrones and what it is was just it drew people in, and then it feels like it. Because I don't think the show's ending is, like, I don't know. It's not like all of a sudden you can, like, see the green screen and, like, the acting's horrible. It's not, like, these technical issues. It's because they betray what the show started as and what it was about. Yeah. And it's, oh, my God. So, like, I'm interesting to see what you think, Joey, because, like, when when Rollins and I watched it, it was, like, quality-wise, like, on a technical level, like, a lot of this stuff is really great. But, like... They just betray what what the show, what made what drew people to the show, and what that original vision was. Okay, I'll, awesome. I'll stop talking about it now.
0: No, that's okay.
1: <laughs> God, I'm curious to know, Joey, what you thought about like the the sets and the costumes and the fantasy elements.
0: Um, I have down in my notes somewhere. It says costume design is cool. care
2: to expand on that hell yeah man uh no i don't
0: No, i'm kidding um yeah that's something that stood out to me that ran across my mind as i was watching like obvious well not really obviously but like i don't really know the the medieval night time um stuff that much i don't go to like the renaissance fairs and um, I've been to that one food place once. Uh you know what I'm talking about. Where they do jousting. Oh. I know I don't remember the name of it, but yes, I do know what you're yeah, talking about. I've been to that place once. So I'm not I'm not super familiar with that type of stuff, but um I thought the portrayal of like the costumes and stuff they're wearing was awesome. The city itself, it looks really, really cool. Um, they did a few like sky shots where you can like see the, like, see the whole thing. Um, the inside, like the little courtyards or whatever, where the people are selling stuff, the alleyways, uh, the castle, the back down in the dungeon or the crypt is what they call it. Um, all that stuff. Super cool. That one, that one, um, city in the sky, basically the one on top of the big mountain cliff. Yeah. Uh, the area. I thought that place was cool. Um, the place itself. We'll talk about the people later. Maybe I don't know, uh, <laughs> but the yeah the settings all super super cool. Um, real quick,
2: real quick. I, I have a question while we're on this topic. Big fan,
0: They're um, awesome. Okay. I,
2: I don't want you to because I, I want to get back to Game of Thrones, but I do. I, I am interested in like you watching season one of Game of Thrones. How you felt that compared, like visually and uh, effects wise. In the, the just the feeling of it compared to House of the Dragon.
1: Yes,
0: I exactly. Um, I don't know. So, I think there's obviously. Don't want to use obvious again. I think there's. <laughs> it's because it's not obvious. I think there's a good like. Um. I think you can see the technological advancements from season 1 to house of dragons episode 1 um that type of stuff looks really cool i i think they're doing a good job at showing that this is like 2000 or something years beforehand um in house of the dragon they have like a jousting tournament and like the first or second episode of game of thrones they also have a jousting tournament and the comparison between those like in house of the dragon it's a lot smaller the there's not that many people there um it's if i remember correctly it's not as high up either um just kind of like the architecture of this sta- day of the stadium or the place that they're doing the jousting at um whereas in game of thrones i feel like there's a lot more people there it's a lot more publicized in a way like it just it just shows that there's like the advancement between like 2000 years ago uh king's landing is that what it's called yep yeah and king's landing in game of thrones so like based off like set design and stuff like that i think you can see a clear uh, the like the costume um all that type of stuff is like more advanced but i think they did a good job at de-civilizing basically the city to show that it's not completely to what it is today Dead air. Yeah, no. I, I spoke for like four minutes. What do you we'll want? We'll let that one sink in with you, Adi. It's your one of your guys. time to say something.
1: I, I think I think you started it pretty well, and I I agree with those takes. Um, so yeah, um, I I recently read the books, both the one for House of the Dragon and the books for Song of Ice and Fire, which is ga-
0: what Game of Thrones is based off of. I didn't know House of the Dragon was a book. So I it, knew game of, the other game, like Game of Thrones, I knew that those came from books and stuff, but I didn't know that. That's good.
1: Yeah, so it's written a, a little bit differently. A Song of Ice and Fire is written in the form of viewpoints, so we get a lot of character development because a lot of characters are thinking and acting like you'll have a chapter uh, about Tyrion, and then it will switch within that same chapter to someone who is maybe in that same room or in a completely different part of the country, and that works really well for all of these different switches. In the books, there's two books. It's really mostly one, but there's two books for House of the Dragon, and they are written as reflective histories. So imagine if uh, uh, some historian wrote down their thoughts about what had happened in the past. That's kind of how the, the perspectives are written and it's interesting because in House of the Dragon there's three well two main perspectives that are presented and then a third perspective as well. And then fourth if you have the actual historian. So it's kind of it's a historian, giving his perspective on these other people's perspective of the events and making inferences and showing where stories conflict. And so there is, it's kind of like uh, you have the shell of the turtle and the story creators get to decide what the turtle looks like. Everyone knows the shell. Everyone knows what's inside the turtle and everyone knows what a turtle does. But You know, it could be Bowser or it could be uh, one of those little uh, like snap, like flat turtles that lay in the bottom of a pond or something. I know that's a a wonderful analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I picked that because I I showed you guys the Ron Perlman as Bowser thing. And that's been on my head (laughs) so much recently. That image will
2: also be on Patreon. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I think the set, the sets and costumes do a great job of show, don't tell just like setting the stage for what the story is the backgrounds of some of these people and like how old it is like you say like it it's it's in the past and so they have to show that things have advanced or have things have changed between that gap and they don't have to be fully respectful to game of thrones because it's different directors and different writers and it's a different crew but if they want to tie in and get that fan base they still have to do some work uh and i think they pull it off pretty well joey um
2: why don't you go ahead and read continue reading through your notes um and then maybe we could move more into like
0: on what game Game of thrones or house okay
2: and then we can kind of talk more about House of the Dragon because we haven't talked much about like actually what's happening in that
0: show. Um, some more notes I have is that all the Lannisters except for Tyrion sucks, um, but especially Joffrey, the Queen and Jaime. That was the second note that I wrote down. So very early in the show, um, I came across that. Um, I like Hodar. Hodar is just a big, strong guy who just says his name over and over. Um I don't know if he has that many much screen time. He doesn't seem to have a lot of screen time, but I I enjoy him. Um his, his, his name is Hodor. That's what I said. It's not it's not Hodar, it's Hodor. Oh uh, well Hodor. Yeah, Hodor. Um I like John and Arya. Um I also like Sam. Yes. Um I already touched on Ned. <laughs> um Lady Stark's sister and her son are a menace to society. Um <laughs> though <laughs> that's those that's the the queen lady who's in the castle on top of the giant cliff or whatever i hate them oh, yeah. they they make me uneasy to look at um they're disturbing i don't like them at all um little finger is a slimy man who is a walking backstab. um i like denarius she seems like a good caring queen oh that's my notes there i really like denarius um some of my, I'll, I have it down later on, but I'll talk about it now. Some of my favorite scenes that have happened throughout season one are the scenes that revolve around um, um, Daenerys and Cal Drago. That whole encampment, that whole culture, all of that stuff have been some of my favorite parts of the first season.
2: I I think that's so interesting because most people are like that, but I was never really drawn to that storyline for some reason. I just think it's fascinating that this, this really kickstarted uh, Jason Momoa's career because I I never yeah. cared
0: much, I guess. That that's why I said that so much. I I just really like the parts with that whole Targaryen. Is that the name of the tribe, or is that a different mm-hmm. tribe? That's them. Okay. Wait,
2: oh. oh. No, they're the D- Dothraki. Is that is that right? Yeah.
0: Oh yes, yeah, the Dothraki. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. Okay, sorry. Targaryens or something else. There's a lot of things going on. Daenerys, in Daenerys on.
1: is a Targaryen.
0: Oh, okay. So and, kinda... yeah, she's she's with the Dothraki. Yeah, that makes right. sense. There's a lot of things going on. Um, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts, kind of hard to keep track of. Um, but yeah, that the whole, the whole like barbaric culture, and her just being such a misfit, but. Slowly fi- figuring out how to like work her way into things and like coexist and become a part of the whole quote unquote family. I yeah, I enjoy I enjoy those segments a lot. Um Her brother sucks. When her brother died, that <laughs> made, made me happy with the golden crown or whatever they called it. Yeah, great death. Yeah, that that made me happy.
1: I think that also it, again sets the stakes of like bad people are also going to have consequences. You can't just be evil because evil is thwarted in Mm -hmm. the world. Like, you know, we, we don't have Hitler running around unchecked because people do recognize terrible evil. And in medieval times, you know, if you get too cocky and you get too disrespectful, someone is eventually going (laughs) to kill you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the whole dragon things. Um, I have it at the end of my notes. But season one ended with the three dragons. I was like, awesome! That's exciting. Super cool. Love it. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy that the guy that hangs out with um Daenerys, like her bodyguard, her right hand man guy. I like him. I keep forget I keep forgetting his name. Um, he's not Bron. Bron's the guy with um. Jorah I Mormont. Forgot, I forgot his name already, the, the short guy. Um Tyrion. Tyr- Tyrion Yeah, Bronn's with Tyrion. I get them mixed up. Bronn and this other guy that I'm thinking of, whose name you just said? Jorah. Yeah, Jorah. I get them mixed up. But I like Jorah I like Jorah a lot. He seems like a he seems like, in a way, a moral compass.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I,
0: all right can't wait for his
1: development <laughs> uh, no, yeah I, I i'm not gonna say anything i think what they they did in the show so just for the the book perspective i don't want to be that person who's like actually in the novels um <laughs> the source material <laughs> yeah, you
2: read literature
1: Uh, This is one decision that I'm glad that they made is aging up all the characters because in the books it is so uncomfortable. Oh, are they a lot younger? I'm assuming everyone. So everyone in the show is uh, of an age to consent and then or eventually ages to an age where you can consent in the books. They are child brides. They are sex slaves. They are. Mm Victims of pedophilia. It is. Um, it is much more gruesome. It is with, bad. with,
0: with Joffrey and Cesaria or Sarzara, whatever her name is. They're Fonsa? they're they're really young. <laughs> Little Caesars. Dude, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk about that later. But I I really don't like her. I super don't like her right now.
1: I think this is where I think the show writers uh, really missed the point on some of these character arcs because George, so a lot of things that happen in medieval history is you have a lot of child brides. You have a lot of young girls getting married off to older men as soon as they hit puberty, which Mm -hmm. is terrible. Um, and George, he doesn't, at least from my view, uh, I mean, it, it is pretty graphic in the books and it is very hard. And I don't want to glorify that at all. I think that the reason why he portrays that in his books is to show like this is a grim and gruesome world that these people live in. And this is the reality that a lot of women went through during the Middle Ages. And in the show, they kind of just dance around a lot of those things. And they're like, isn't it romantic? And I think that really does a disservice to the trauma that a lot of these women are experiencing. Because in in from my perspective of the books, Sansa is this rich girl who's been sheltered her whole life. And so that is her perspective, is that there are gallant knights and there are ladies uh, who are going to be treated so wonderfully by them. And so it would make sense for her to be just a little bit in her own world. And in the show, they make her really annoying, which she's really whiny. And I just don't think that's that's totally fair to her character because she goes through the fucking gauntlet of trauma.
0: Now, (laughs) um, at the point of me writing that, that was early on when like, when Joffrey like stumbled into the woods or whatever and saw, Arya and the the butcher's son or whatever, like practicing with swords, and he became really he became like douchey, and then Arya like disarmed him, and he cried, and she was like, "Why would you do that?" Yeah, like that was early on in that part of the show, and then like they came about it at court, and she was like, "I didn't see what happened," and just lied, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I really don't like her." Um, but then later on in the show, I think where I'm at right now, um, Ned has been beheaded. And Joffrey was like, I want you to, I want to show you something and showed her the Ned's head. And like, I I can see it now. Like, she's like, I hate Joffrey. I'm forced to be with him. She tried to push him off of that bridge, but got stopped by the hound. Um, And right now I can see, I guess, the character development of her. Like not being a whiny, whiny little girl um, and being more like trying to make a change in a way. She's like, I need to take action because I hate this life.
1: Yeah. And I feel I, like I, I
0: might d- like her moving on a little more, but at the time of me writing that note, did not like her. really. Did. Oh, no,
1: I, I don't mean... T- I don't hold that against anybody for not liking her in the show because she's, she's depicted as a really unlikable person. And that's why I think... I just wish the... The story writers definitely threshed that out later, and I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it just, like... I guess it's hard to translate from book to show because you're in her head in the books and that it's just so hard to show without being corny, but yeah, she just, you know, she just keeps waiting to be rescued and, and, uh, it it just, it's the same with Daenerys. She is 12 in the books.
2: Oh, wow. Yes.
1: how old is she in the show? Like 18? Like 18, yeah. So that's the thing. And that's the thing about Khal Droga. He's like 30 in the books. And oh, so good. that is, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> her brother pimps her out. Oh, yeah. Elder. And in the show, it kind of makes it seem like, oh, isn't this like romantic that they they got like married and
0: they're lucky that they love each other? Does she in the book, does she continue Does she follow the same path as she is in the show? Is it's, she becoming a strong queen? So in, similar in book as well. In a sense, she has Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, at
1: least that's how I, I think it is. It is. She's been put into this terrible situation, and she's always been a pawn for people. Mm-hmm. And she does not want to be in this relationship. It's very clear. And that's what makes it very hard to read those chapters. Etta stopped reading it, uh, because she's like, this is this is just too much. And I, I, I totally understand that. Um, and it, she, she just kind of, she tells herself that this is love because, you know, as a, a preteen, if that is your only if your only experience with intimacy is the idea that you're going to marry your brother because that's what Targaryens do or your brother is going to have you marry someone you would eventually possibly come to the conclusion that this is who this is what love looks like and in the show it's <laughs> i mean d- uh, jason momo does a great job and I, again i don't want to uh, uh, dock anyone for what they like because you know it, it seems like a consensual relationship in the show for the most part um and that they actually
0: come to love each other. At, at the at the beginning it did it was not consensual. Yeah, at the very beginning, not at all. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And
1: in the book, she, she definitely comes to find this like she she starts to learn more about herself because she starts to garner the respect of other people. And she starts to see that like power. the the dynamics of power are so fluid in this book. And that's what makes it so interesting is like her brother has all of this power over her because he has always been so cruel. And when she starts to like learn more about the Dothraki and accept their culture and make connections with people and learn more about herself, she starts to realize that like power is essentially a construct. Like, You can, like, (laughs) the idea of power over other people is what moves things, and as Viserys starts to reject this culture, she starts to find herself having power over him, and then she can finally discover who she is, and um, become a queen, have her own ambitions, and I don't know. Uh, I'm just glad they aged them. Up. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So I, I like I like those scenes a lot in the show. Um.
2: Robert, I could listen to you talk about things for hours. <laughs> Thanks.
1: I mean, I, mean I sincerely. I don't really have concentrated thought, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a
0: river. It just flows.
1: It does, dude. I'm really
0: <laughs> Um We can we can keep moving on to the points.
1: Yeah, I wanna know what what the, the your next big thoughts were.
0: Uh big thought. This one's a little thought. The next one's a big thought, but this little thought is I like Arya's sword dancing teacher. He's really cool. <laughs> I like him a lot.
1: Serial <laughs> Pharrell is amazing.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't remember what his fate was if he ended up escaping those guards or not. I don't remember if it showed it on screen or I just forgot it, or if it's a to be continued type thing, but whatever happened to him, I liked him.
2: I don't think Um, it's looking good for him.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, My next one, Robert, Robert Baratheon was a drunken fool unfit to rule. That, that's, that was my opinion on him. I think, I believe that there was a point in time where he wasn't that, but when he came on the screen and we started to meet him, he was constantly drunk and a complete hot mess. Uh, Yeah, I thought that he had no right to rule, and, you know, I don't know. His death wasn't the worst thing to happen to that city.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what what did you think? It kind of
0: was. I don't what do know. you
1: think of him as a, as a character in his relationship with Cersei?
0: Um, I don't know because in the t- in in those times, people are married off to people just because um, because of this or because of that, and most people in those marriages don't like each other, and they clearly did not like each other. Um, so I don't know. Right, that's that I mean they just kind of seem like a normal a quote-unquote normal couple for the times normal king and queen type stuff <laughs> yeah but um he 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 was a fine character um he got he got his point across he did he did his things um yeah he died because he was fat and lazy and drunk I <laughs> bet no. he did. He did die. his <laughs> um no no opinions on on that. Keep moving on. Oh, I mean,
1: I I have so many opinions, of course. But
0: uh, <laughs> I one thing I want to say
1: about Robert Baratheon is he. I think the acting for the show does. A lot of the characters' justice because, and it even comes with characters not saying anything, just like facial expressions. I think that the characters in this show, especially in season one, are just so expressive that it helps convey tone a lot. Like Robert Baratheon, the guy who plays him, I can't remember his name, plays a great drunk. uh, very invincible
2: pitch perfect
1: yeah and that is the one thing that is pushed a lot in the books is that robert is a great warrior but a terrible king at the time
0: or in his past in his past okay i can see that i can see him being a a former great warrior yeah i think they they touch on it
1: a few times in the show. And that past has so much impact on the, the trajectory of the show, his whole rebellion, the Targaryens being dethroned, the Mad King, uh, even it, little things with the Greyjoy Rebellion and Theon being introduced and in, as a ward of Ned Stark and whatnot, it just adds, it, it, I think it's just such good storytelling. They're, they're, it just sprinkles Uh, Here and there. And if he wants to dive more into something, he can. If he doesn't want to, readers are still interested in what's going on. And the show does a good job at that by allowing the the actors to really embody these characters by, you know, like Jamie is a total asshole. He is a, a cocky, arrogant asshole. And because he's hot shit, he's a great swordsman. And Robert Baratheon is like, I'm the king. You know, I get to do what I want. I get to lay back. I need someone to do this stuff for me. And it's just portrayed so well. In in the books, him being a warrior is kind of like his clout. You know, he won the war. But him single-handedly killing Rhaegar Targaryen on the Trident is such a pivotal... That's like, I don't know, you know, it's like your number one gamer moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that hangs with him many years down the line, yeah,
0: and he's I, very
1: open-handed. Yeah, sorry,
0: go ahead. I, I was, just gonna say, I could see that. Like, his character, I could see definitely him being living in his past, basically. Um, yeah, entire The entire cause of his death was because he went hunting, and the boar killed him because he was a lazy drunkard and not the warrior he once was. I'm sure he's gone hunted plenty of times in his life, and he's probably taken down many a beast.
1: Absolutely, uh, that's what's so also, interesting. Also, is- doesn't
0: help that it was an inside job. <laughs> yeah. He 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 got um he got set up. Is, is what I'll say.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that's so common in history. Both things: you have a king, or you have a guy who rises to power through conquest. And they become one of two rulers. They become a ruler who is so obsessed with conciliating everything and uh, consolidating power. I don't even know if that was a word.
0: Conciliation is the word. It could be a word. We'll make it a Joe Miro dictionary word. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out, Merriam-Webster.
1: Yeah. Um, Or then you have rulers that they they just love the, the thrill of battle they were so motivated at the start and just being king is just such a it's just such a bore to them like uh henry the eighth a little bit his father won the throne and he is there to enjoy the spoils and many kings have gone through hunting accidents i believe uh Oh, man, Red Rufus is his name. He's the second son of William the Conqueror, or the first son of William the Conqueror. William the Conqueror's younger son, they went hunting together, and the older brother got an arrow through the eye, and everyone was like, yep, it was, it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and they just moved on from it. But it, it's just, like, so evident that this guy was just killed off. You mm-hmm. have a lot of stuff like that. It's just, like... Accidents happen. There, there's a there's a thing in uh, German history. It's called the the Great Latrine Accident, and it is exactly what it sounds like. A bunch of nobles were gathered together to figure out this land dispute between these two lords. And uh, I can't remember if he's a king or a duke. Whoever was the overlord at the time got a bunch of people together, and no joke. There were so many people on this platform that the wood broke and they all fell into this giant cauldron of shit.
3: Like it was.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. 60 people drowned and died in it. So (laughs) it, it created a power vacuum. And the overlord at the time was only safe because he was sitting on a stable solid rock platform and so everyone's like well okay most likely this was like some sort of conspiracy to get rid of these people like that sort of stuff happens all the time you see these accidents mm-hmm. that happen and it it just leads the way for someone else to step into power and that's Joffrey in the situation you have a mad king mm. and you hated Joffrey everyone else hated Joffrey
0: I, said well, I still hate him I'm not done with it <laughs> yeah
1: I want to know what, <laughs> what your thoughts were about the
0: Lannisters Um, All of them seem bad. I've only met five of them so far. I've met Joffrey, Jamie, the queen sister whose name I never remember, um, Tyrion, and the dad. So those are the only Lannisters I've met, and I hate the first three. Uh, I don't. I don't love Tyrion, but he seems like comic relief at the bare minimum right now. Um, seeing him on screen, I don't ever I'm not ever like, oh, here goes this guy. Or they're gonna be they're gonna do something messed up or I can't wait to see this person get hurt. Um when he's on screen, I know that there's like a forty to thirty percent chance that I'm I'm gonna chuckle. He's gonna say something that's gonna like it's going to be a serious moment and he's just going to disregard, disregard it and just like throw some type of joke out there because that's his entire personality is making jokes out of situations. Um, And he hasn't really done. Okay. He's done a lot, but he hasn't done a lot for me to say, I really like this character. Um, He just became the, the first hand to Joffrey. And I feel like he's going to put Joffrey in his place a little, at least I hope so. Um, he just got rid of the nights Guard the night Guard's like captain and replaced him with Braun. Um, so I'm excited to see how this is gonna play out and what's gonna happen there. Um I don't know how I feel about the dad. He hasn't really other than being a Lannister, he hasn't really given me much reason to dislike him. He just seems like a stern military force type person right now. Tywin. Is that the dad's name? Yes. Then yes. You are in for so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure.
1: The, um, the I always expect
0: a screen. moment when the Lannisters on screen something's yeah. going to happen is always, always my thought. Uh,
2: like they they're the heartbeat of this show for me. Like I I think they're so interesting in their fi- family dynamics and how they all get along and absolutely do not get along and interact like mm-hmm. even through the quote-unquote bad seasons I just I just love watching them and I I can't wait for you to see how they all evolve Um, and they do
0: right now. Personally, Joe, I am incredibly disappointed that Jamie is still alive. I understand why the Starks are keeping him alive right now as type of a prisoner like esque. But if it was me, his head would already be off. And I don't know, maybe sent to Joffrey. Um, I would, (laughs) I would have killed Jamie immediately. He is right now a prisoner and I understand why they're doing that, but I would have him dead because he's going to escape or he's going to get out somehow and it's going to be a mess for everyone involved.
1: That's so that is, mind. yeah, that's a nod to the the code of chivalry back then.
0: Chivalry's dead, Robert. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Rest in peace. But yeah, that would happen a lot back then. You'd have the peasants and whatnot who did all the fighting and dying and then you'd have the lords who would do some of the fighting mostly commanding and then they'd be captured and then if you were lucky enough to capture someone important
0: you could get a lot of coin out of it or you could do hostage exchanges which is which is their their thing right now they're trying to get the sisters back but one sister is missing
1: yeah it's very interesting how the show shows the the compare and contrast between the Starks and the Lannisters, like their how they view this this system of chivalry and honor. And you have the Starks who are so it, it's all about loyalty. It everything goes back to loyalty and honor. And the Lannisters are all about opportunism opportunism and Uh, advancement like they're, and they both have their own systems their own codes of what's right and what's wrong and there's some overlap but it is like you're right every time there's a Lannister on screen you know something's going on because there's always some sort of planning and whenever there's a Stark on screen you always want to kind of root for them because they seem like the good guys you know they're doing they're doing the honorable thing but the show and the books do such a great job of making that so gray it's not just these people bound by these systems they also are people with their own motivations and mm-hmm. f- like flaws <laughs> like they they mess up so many times yeah i the
2: I, I said earlier the only other thing i wanted to ask i i thought of another thing i want to know because i don't think you've talked about them at all at least not while i was paying attention or here because i ran to the bathroom real quick
0: john snow um
2: well, I was thinking about that, but I'm I my, I'm more interested to hear about my favorite character. Um what do you think of uh Theon Greyjoy?
0: Oh, he's your favorite character? Probably. Oh, okay. Um throughout the first season, I had barely any thought on him. He is just a kid who was given to the Starks or whatever as a child, grew up amongst them, um he he existed. Um, now that I'm in season two, now that I'm in season two, he's starting to get more of a spotlight role. They just got off of the ship and he just went to go meet his dad. Um, he flirted and hit on his sister before knowing that was his sister. Um, I don't think that'll stop him though. I'm sure he'll probably do it again. Um, his dad is not happy with the man he is or whatever, probably because he was raised by the Starks. I mean yeah, the Starks. So I assume that he's about to become a lot more interesting to me now that they're kind of on he's kind of on like his home in his home town, village, castle area, whatever. Um so I'm excited to see how that goes. But right now I have barely barely any thought on him except he seems like he's going to be loyal to um to Rob Stark. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, season season one just wasn't for him in my eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm missing stuff, or maybe later seasons. But I don't see why he's your favorite. His arc is fascinating.
1: That's all I'll say.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of character development among
2: a lot of stuff. There's so many characters, so many characters, and most of them, at least for you know the good whatever people consider good like I don't know it's just it's just crazy it's a lot to keep track of
1: yeah that's what also makes it so cool Is like Mm -hmm. you can in a lot of stories there is one main good guy and maybe a sidekick and you are expected to like about 90 to 95 percent of their character and whatever you don't like you can like in the sidekick or maybe you can like 5% of the villain or whatever. But in these shows, since they're so gray, there are, there are opportunities to love and hate so many things about each character. Like it, it just, you know, you can, you can love Ned Stark's honor and, but also hate how much he is, is stuck to that honor system. And you can hate Tywin for being such a, Dick of a dad, but then love how like you can respect his tactics. Um, Yeah, Theon makes such an interesting character. Just for what (laughs) what happens. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a unique. It's a very unique
0: story. Not many characters. I really
1: Um, just giving away anything away.
0: I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at my notes for season two that I was taking, and I have Greyjoy still hasn't grown on me. Um, (laughs) Dang, because I could never remember his first name, so I just called him Greyjoy because that was his last name. Yeah, so he hasn't grown on me yet. Um, Yeah, that's that's about it for him. Um, Other characters who I'm looking forward to seeing character development from. Um, the hound, I don't know how I feel about him. Um, on one hand, he just seems like a very silent bully for the, for the crown, basically. Um, I like the whole backstory with the, him and the mountain being his brother. I can't wait for the new mountain. Um, I was talking to Kristen's brother about that and I was like, that's not the mountain. And he was like, yeah, it was like a character. It was like a active switch. And I was like, I can't wait for that. Because the mountain I know, he looks awesome. This guy just looks angry all the time, which seems like <laughs> seems like the mountain on the in the jousting scene. That's the only time we've seen him so far. Um, and he beheaded his horse. <laughs> yeah, you oh, should look at
1: pictures. Uh, I think his name is. uh we oh, talking about
0: the new mountain. The new mountain. Thor Bjornson. yeah, Bjornsson oh, yeah. Or he's Bjorn He's awesome. I watch videos of him just like powerlifting and stuff, and it's nuts. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he was like the third strongest man in the world at one point.
0: (laughs) So Yeah, I can't I can't wait for him to get on and for him to be more of or not for him, but like for there to be more of character development for the hound. Because I don't know, like I said, right now he just seems like a bully, but in that one scene where um where little whiny girl um tried to push off Joffrey and he like stopped her and like gave her a look and said some words, I was like, he feel he like senses like what she was going to do and he kind of wants to do the same thing but has to keep rolling with his role. And I'm just curious as to what's going to happen there. So I I'm on the fence with um with the Hound, but I'm interested for sure. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because it it also shows like
1: how systems of power are maintained through like being complicit. You can sense that the Hound Potentially does not like Sansa's treatment, but he is totally complicit within this system.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he And and so many people are, uh, that just watch things happen and don't do anything. And that's what makes Sansa's character so interesting. And she expects someone to stand up, someone to do something for her, at least in the book. she She is so adamantly like, someone is coming to get me. Someone uh-huh. is coming to save me. And... In real life, you know, in order to save someone, it's not going to happen unless real risks are taken. And that doesn't happen very often.
0: Yeah, so excited to see how that turns out. Um, I do like I like Jon Snow a lot. Um, I don't really have John much to Stone. say about him, but I like him. Um, he is he is definitely an outcast being the bastard son to the king. Um being literally like outcasted to the wall um he's he's a mighty fine warrior um he has a special sword everybody who has a special sword does end up being cool um <laughs> uh oh yeah i like i like aria's sword needle her little her little it's not a sword it's um it's like a pokey stick but i forget the name of it um I like that, but John Snow is probably going to end up being really cool. I'm excited for that. Um, I like him, but I don't have many thoughts on him. Um, he encountered the first White Walker on screen. That was really cool. At least I think that was a White Walker. I don't know. It was like a zombie. Um, that was neat. Uh, I think that's all the main main characters. I don't. I think, or maybe I'm missing a few. I don't know.
2: I mean, we don't have to go down the entire list. There's no. there's quite a few main inside characters.
0: Um, on On my points, I have old man as being fake old. Um, I'm really interested to see what that's all about because that seemed a little weird. You know who I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, Grandmaster Picel
0: Is that his name with the big white beard? Oh, yep. yeah. Like he was being fake old. He like stretched and did some squats and like. Did a whole bunch of bone cracking, and then he was walking normal. And then he, before he went out the door, he went back to being fake old. So that's that's uh, I wonder what that's about. See, yeah, uh, great, great depiction
1: of show don't tell. He doesn't like go up to someone and say, "I've been faking being old for all <laughs> these years, and I'm sick of it. it." It, you know, it just shows this guy who, he is a grandmaster. He's sworn to celibacy, but he's with a prostitute, and he's very he's flexible and he's popping his joints and whatnot and you can see this is what some you 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 get the you understand that he is he's playing a role to for some reason in this system like everyone is and again that's it just does a great job of just like world building the air these little parts um characters act certain ways because of their status and their position and a lot of shows would take the other route of just saying remember when your father made me the heir to the throne and then you (laughs) took it from me that's why i'm angry you know it said you have lady sends her husband to go hunting dies in a hunting accident now there's a succession crisis very intricate
0: Mm -hmm. um for my season two notes move forward a little um who's the crazy redheaded chick that's something i have written down because she seems wild she seems like (laughs) and she seems like she's about to wreck a whole lot of stuff she drank poison and wasn't affected what's that about (laughs) like some guy pretty some guy like tried to like poison her and she like stared him in the eyes and drank the poison that's wild. Yeah. What's she, what's uh, she no. about talking about the Sun Lord or whatever?
1: Yeah, Melisande. Melisandre. I don't remember if there's an R or not, but. And the, the God, the Lord of Light. Yeah, Lord of Light. That's what it is. Man, dude, that is. Uh, that That's one part of the fantasy elements that get taken out of the show because in the books, her powers are a little bit more. Uh, elaborated on. Mm, it makes sense. But it, yeah, it, it's the show. I think the show does a good job of making. Like, if they would have done some of the the book fantasy stuff, it would have seemed kind of corny. Like, dragons is is a, is a step already, and uh, they probably have mentioned wildfire. You'll see it eventually. That's another step, and White Walkers, another step. Uh-huh. And how far can you get before people who don't care about fantasy? Aren't interested anymore.
0: Yeah. Um I have down that I'm starting to like Rob Stark. Um he's he's Yay been, Rob. he's been really cool. Um he's leading this whole army and stuff to get to get vengeance on or vengeance for his father. Like I said earlier, he has restraint and he hasn't killed Jamie yet. So I like his whole character development. Um I still like Arya. Um, Gentry seems like he's a good dude. Can't wait to see. Can't wait to see him put on his bull helmet. They've been they've been talking about that for a very really long time. Um, Daenerys needs to get the ball rolling because all of her people are dying. Um, she needs to do something. She needs to she needs to figure something out and get get to moving because horses are dropping, people are dropping. It's hot out there, you know. And she hasn't done anything. <laughs> It's She's hot just, out there, you know? She just keeps walking, and the people keep dying. And that's all the notes are, that I have on Game of Thrones. <laughs> are we even going to talk about House of the Dragon? <laughs> I would love to. Or, I, I, I mean, it's only one I mean, episode. I, I it shouldn't can take that long.
2: I can, Yeah, that's true. I, I can keep going. I just wanted to make sure. And I was like, we we just talked about Game of Thrones longer yeah. than I, th- I thought we would.
0: I'm done with all of my Game of Thrones thought, unless you guys have questions for me about it. But that's everything that I have. Let's go ahead and talk about
2: House of the Dragon, then. Um, it, it, you're, I mean, it is only an episode, so what did what did all of we, what did each of you guys think? Because like this is I, I've kind of got like I don't know I, I'm trying not to get too excited, but I thought it was a really strong start, a really really strong start, and I watched it a second time with Caleb recently. Um, and the second episode airs tomorrow. For the record, um, we mm-hmm. so we won't we won't have thoughts on that.
0: I wa- I watched it once. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm definitely going to watch it again tomorrow.
1: Same deal. It is a very strong start. I think it's a great pilot. It feels like they are using enough previous material to connect the two stories but they they seem to be taking a lot of creative liberty to tell their own story which i think is good because i don't i don't i don't really care so much for i don't need a reminder that this is game of thrones i don't don't need people to be like Yes, the Starks are so important. They live in the North and they will have a, a role to play sometime in the future. Don't you remember that, child? Just, or, I don't know. There there are a few, like, callbacks or call forwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call back. Where he's like, the song of ice and fire yeah. was a, it was a dream that our ancestor had and you must pass this on because you're my heir i was and- i was going to ask is that
2: in the books no, i was like not oh <laughs> <laughs> that's just like the name they just said the thing is that like a, yeah okay what
3: i was
1: interested what i think it is is basically hbo probably had some things that they needed this show to do to make sure that people who aren't really invested in like, they just watch the show, they don't care about the books, they don't care about the lore or anything like that. And that's totally fine. Um, to make to like really hammer home that this is the same franchise that these are connected. Mm-hmm, and so right. if you like Game of Thrones, you're gonna like this show. Um I, and it, it it maybe felt like they the the directors wanted to have something where they're like, This is an imp like we're improving on George's story. Uh this is our thing. Like and George is very involved with this, but um I don't know, it's kind of like uh the show the original series for Game of Thrones spoils some things that are to happen in the books yet to come, and that's kind of like a little bit of like, "Ooh, like we've got something you don't have, and here it <laughs> is." And so, you know, it it adds intrigue to it. It adds like interest because it's like, what else are they going to tell us? Mm-hmm. But it was it was delivered so cheesy, and uh, <laughs> and then also I don't know I don't know if people. I'm assuming people caught this but uh, the dagger that he has yes is the dagger that is in uh, numerous seasons of Game of Thrones. Um
2: I didn't I didn't notice it until I watched it with Caleb, which by the way, I I really liked it on my first watch, but my second watch I was like, "Oh, this is this is a real I think it's a stronger pilot than Game of Thrones's pilot." Um, I think you're
0: right. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: And not just because like it feels like they they have an idea of how the scale of this universe works. Just so many other things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was watching it with Caleb, and Caleb was like, oh, that's this dagger. And I was like, oh my god, you're right. But anyway, yeah.
1: See, it's like it's so interesting. Back to back we have show, don't tell. And then we have tell <laughs> like, in the same sequence where it's just I don't know why filmmakers have such an issue with this but just having the dagger is cool because it, it ties it in and if you're perceptive enough you'll recognize that and I really don't think they need to tell people oh, hey this is just like Game of Thrones this is just like Game of Thrones that's my worry is that they're going to really try and play to the, the least perceptive person in the room to, to let them know, Hey, this is like game of Thrones because it just is, I don't know. There, there's enough out there that people can figure it out. People aren't as dumb as movie makers think they are hundred percent. Like movies really just assume that people are stupid. And that's so frustrating, because people can feel that. That's like the the whole like last season of Game of Thrones. It just assumes that everyone's an idiot and they're just gonna buy it. And that's why it really got such a, a like a lashback. If it if they really hadn't gone so hard in season eight on some stuff, I bet it would have been just disappointing, but not as like like people had like violent reactions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, even people who would bend over backwards for everything. Game of Thrones were like, I, I didn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. um,
2: Joey, do you, do you have more thoughts?
1: Outside of it was good. What did you think? Like, since you just saw season one of Game of Thrones, the compare and contrast between the first
0: episode. First episode so far, I think this one's better. Um, uh, I don't really remember the first episode of so much um, of Game of Thrones as much, but House of the Dragon I think started off with a bigger bang. Um, uh, the Black Watch's raid of the city for all the criminals, killing everyone and literally disarming people. Um, that was wild. That was a that was a wild start to the start to the. It wasn't really the start of the show; it was like in the middle. But I thought that was crazy. Um um I hate the king's brother the king's brother is a terrible person I have it in here three times that he sucks um, so on, so' on three different <laughs> on three different occasions I think he's a terrible person um that childbirth scene was really uneasy I had to fast forward through it because I did not want to watch it uh, that made me super un- hard made me super uncomfortable to watch um really really strong choice by the by the king though to do that to follow through with that um, it ended up not working either way. Um. Oh yeah, I don't like the way the dragon looks. I think it looks weird. Has a really long snake like neck. Um, Dang. It just seem it just seems odd. Uh. So yeah, those are my thoughts on the show. Those are my rapid fire thoughts on the show. I think it was a stronger start than the Game of Thrones season one or episode one. But then again, that was forever ago since I last saw it. 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 I. I really. Like, without outside of
2: a few moments, obviously, like I just really appreciated that it didn't feel pandering. It totally could have. They yeah. totally could have just been like, yeah, look, it's Game of Thrones, and this guy is Jon Snow's great, great, great grandfather, and he's gonna say, I'm gonna name my great, great grandson John, <laughs> you know, like it could have been so <laughs> yeah. stupid.
1: Like uh, <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, where he shows that picture, he's like, this is my grandson, Gimli. <laughs> and it's like okay <laughs> like i just
2: i it was my biggest takeaway on my first watch is like it it just really felt like we were just plopped back into this world and they respected that you know you know what you're getting into um my i i don't think it's my biggest complaint but i just can't get over um mac
0: or koa shaking in the background uh that's that's both (laughs) they're both being insane right now because i think Kristen's showering so now they have to come up here and bother me it really ruins my
1: suspension of disbelief
0: sorry
2: (laughs) Uh, i don't care it's fine i'm just messing around um i just can't unsee like it's like damon is not damon he's matt smith
3: interesting he's
2: just He's just a big actor, Matt. He's just too big, and I'm not even like a Doctor Who fan, but like I know that dude's face. I mean, that's Matt Smith from Morbius. How can I not see that?
1: (laughs) So, I actually recently watched Morbius. Oh no, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) It really
2: is a so bad it's good
1: movie. Yes. Uh, I know nothing about Matt Smith, so. I guess maybe the experience is different for me. I saw him in Morbius and I was like, well, he actually wasn't terrible in Morbius. He was like the only yeah. good part of Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> um, But based off of his character, Damon's portrayal in the books, it feels very loyal. That's good. I mean, he, he, he I believe in,
2: I believe Damon as like a character and i i I think he's super interesting and he's not one note at all but like i don't know it's it's just just again it's like a small technical thing it's just like he's a big actor like even like uh i feel like i'm spacing on his name sean bean yeah like even that like i know him from other things lord of the rings obviously like but I, I believed he was Ned, but for some reason, I don't know. I just I just see Matt Smith when I look at Damon. Um, I'm sure it'll I'll lose that feeling as time goes on. But well, that, that makes was like sense. A small...
1: Well, Sean Bean, it, it, his his portrayal of Ned is such a like a stark contrast to like, stark like just... contrast. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> <Okay. I'm sorry. laughs> so, like. Uh, I just like the his tone is so grim he, he is so grim about everything and yeah. he is there's like a i don't know like a melancholy feeling to all of him even when he chuckles about things you can sense like a like a man like a load of ptsd somewhere in there i don't know like Sean Bean must have done like some method training or something for that role. He's incredible for the season he's in before his head's lobbed off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think, yeah, Matt Smith is, I don't know what he's like as Doctor Who, but I mean, his role in Morbid, he he does kind of have like the same sort of inflection a little bit. He kind of talks the same. Yeah, yeah what... I think that's what it is, which is such it's so sad because he's incredible in
2: this, but like I can't see I get I guess Morbius <laughs> <laughs> acting. <laughs>
1: um anyway. <clears throat> one thing I do want to point out one of the biggest differences between the source material is Alicent Hightower, the hand's daughter. Right is aged down in the book <clears throat> she is uh, like 28 or something oh, and wow. so, yeah and so I think this is actually a good decision um, now he, he pimps out his daughter like they all do in Game of Thrones not fun creepy um, so in the books it's a little bit more age appropriate but the relationship between Allison and uh, the, the queen to be Ranra is I think believable. Like it, it, it makes a lot more sense. I I wouldn't believe it if there was a, a teenage girl and uh, a girl approaching her thirties as best friends. That's like a, that was a book decision that I was like, well, I mean, okay. It's the middle ages. It's, i don't i don't know (laughs) but in the show they're like okay they're they're around the same age and so it it makes a lot of sense that they would be really close you know there's a two daughters of men in very uh, high up positions of power in government they're gonna be around each other frequently so of course they're gonna be friendly especially if they're the same age right it is very believable I, I I wish I had that touchstone of the of the books. I should read them sometime. It's a it's a very quick one. It's not as long as the a song of ice and fire. Just because it's it's one book and it it wraps everything up. That's the other thing that's really cool about the series is we don't have to wait for anything. It's all tied up in a nice little bow. We know how it starts, we know how it ends, and there's a lot of parts in the middle and the writers of the show get to make some interesting choices of what they think is real because like I said earlier there's three different perspectives that are told and Right. so we'll get, we'll get to see which way they go which will be really fun um,
2: so obviously Game of Thrones um, made some changes from the source material and the source material is not even concluded yet um, do you see major changes in House of the Dragon
1: coming or it is so close it is like it is such a loyal adaptation like i i really don't know i i think what makes this so loyal is because the, the the book is written in a way that it is just a guy telling how things unfolded it's chronological it's like this happened this happened this happened this happened and so it's very hard to get that wrong in a show. The show gets to determine the drama, um, which is awesome. Because if the drama in a book like uh, A Song of Ice and Fire is interpersonal, you have a character's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And you have to depict those in so many specific ways, in so many conflicting ways to get it as an accurate portrayal on tv that some people are going to be upset no matter how accurate you think you are when you have something that's literally just like this event happened this event happened people think this is how this event happened this is how someone else thinks this event happened the show just gets to show that thing you know if if the event is dragons fighting it's really hard to mess that up because you get to show how they fight you get to make that decision so it's kind of like a little bit like D D in a way like it the the book is the the dungeon master laying out the story and the writers get to be the players of like how is that story told which is so cool because if people don't like how the story is told that's fine you know they can imagine it another way but the people who make the story the writers are not wrong because they have an interpretation as well and so they're not being it's just really hard to be disloyal now if they just like completely omit a character that's probably going to piss some people off because there's some really interesting characters in here um like in game of thrones they combine some characters or they just completely remove some characters and that it makes sense from a budget standpoint but from a story standpoint it, it alters the story a lot in this If they, as long as they keep all the characters, it's going to be a wild ride. (laughs) It's going to be, oh my God, it's going to be so much fun. Like, this is going to be more dramatic than Game of Thrones. Oh my God, Robert, stop. Yes, dude. (laughs) I, I am so excited about this. I, I, there is so much material and I'm so, it's already been renewed for a second season, which is awesome. I saw that. And I think 10 million people tuned in to episode one, which is the most people that's ever tuned into uh HBO premiere, I think. Good Lord. And so th- th- I know th- there's just a lot riding on this. They started off with a high budget. So like, you know, um, if you watch game of Thrones, you can see how their budget increases. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Oh, for it, sure. It, very visible. This starts off high budget. And so it will just be, which gives me hope that they will be able to like really dive into those side story sort of things because if it stays high budget and it just gets bigger, they'll be able to explore. There's just so much. It's just, there's so much in this story and there is not a single good person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Game of Thrones, love
2: it.
3: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, you can root for some of the Starks and you can feel good about it. And yeah, they'll make mistakes here and there, and you'll be like, "Ah, shit, Catelyn, why'd you do that?" Or "Crap, Ned, you could have played the game," or whatever. And this, you're like, "God damn it, this idea—it's hot goss. <laughs> um,
2: I'm, I, I, I think they're. Do you think they're scared to deviate from the source material, knowing what happened? with game of thrones because you're right. They do have so much writing on this. And like, I was telling Caleb, like if, if house of the dragon goes over poorly, like no, one's going to want to mess with game of thrones ever again. Like, I feel like this is a second chance, but like, I don't think they'd get a third chance. So they're trying to play it safe and play it smart by just sticking with, you know, daddy George. Yeah.
1: I, I think you're right. Like they, I think they have to, I don't know if play it safe. What is the, I mean, play it safe in a way that they stick to the source material? I think yes. Uh, I think they will be taking some risks because we're in a, I think we're in an age of franchises now. Everything's a franchise. Like uh, everything, Marvel, Star Wars, uh, Jurassic uh, Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> like everything is being expanded upon into its own universe because Marvel was so successful. Now everyone wants to, wants to do it, they want to copy that. And, HBO and George, uh, they want to make a Game of Thrones universe. Um, like even the boys on Amazon that has like, a, yeah. it's like the Vought International or Vought Cinematic Universe. Um, so, and they, they already have like five other shows planned or in the works for uh, just material from Game of Thrones because it was so successful. And yeah, this has to pay off because a lot of the other shows have already been hinted at or spoiled a little bit with uh, like Kit Harrington pitched the idea of a Jon Snow sequel and they want to do it, which I really don't know how they're going to make that work. <laughs> it's like, ah, the war's over, our main enemy's dead, and we're just out here in the wild. <laughs> just like yeah, Bear grills of just, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but there is so much history because he has a like he has a history book which is what some of the uh, the source material for House of the Dragon comes from which just covers so much and again it is just chronological so there's so much room for interpretation and every little part of the world has its own story to tell and be expanded upon and it's just a cash cow waiting to be milked. Like, so yeah, if this doesn't pay off like (laughs) they're screwed (laughs) yeah, yeah 100% (laughs) well." well you know Marvel is like facing that right now like there's been a lot of shows or movies, well shows too a lot of the shows haven't hit as strongly as Marvel would have expected and a lot of the movies have flopped recently, or not flopped but they haven't as performed as well and it seems like the superhero effect is starting to wear off a little bit, and you know, uh, a f- company that's writing that's has a lot riding on this can't can't have that happen.
2: I am excited, though i i'm I've, I'm more excited maybe now than ever about the Game of Thrones universe and like what's going on over there um i I just i really think house of the dragon was just such a strong start, and i'm not saying hbo that i'm gonna watch the five other spinoff shows and animated shorts that you're gonna put (laughs) out for this but i i'm like i i we watched that episode on sunday and i was like oh my god i actually can't wait to watch the next one like i can't wait to see where this is gonna go uh so props to them i guess for putting something strong together. Um, I, I do think we have to kind of wrap up because Joey's got to get going soon. Um, so if you guys have any other final thoughts, I, I kind of already gave mine about Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon.
1: Great world building. Good. Good job, George. Good job. Yay!
0: I like the show a lot. Uh, can't wait for the next one. I like Renario a lot. Those nope. are my thoughts on House
2: of <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I, I'm glad they plopped us back into this world. It's like oh, I miss this. I missed when it was the really good stuff. And it feels like we kinda get to do that again.
1: So. Absolutely.
2: All right. Joey,
0: do you wanna wrap us up then? You can get going. If nobody has anything else to say, it's fabulous discussion about a An 11-year-old show. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, world, that I am so late to getting to it. But, I mean, whatever. We're here. Um, Anyways, this has been maybe the first Jomero of 2023. Maybe the last Jomero of 2022. It's an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. It's fine. (laughs) Anyways. This has been Joe Miro. Joe Miro. Joe Miro. Joe Miro.
2: What? Joe Miro. <laughs> Joe Miro. <laughs> okay, so Robert said in the chat that <laughs> House of the Dragon will maybe I missed it. Uh, we'll feature the <laughs> the first on screen butthole. Um,
0: I, I don't so, remember that happening.
2: <laughs> all
1: right, so whenever whenever they're in the brothel whenever they're in the brothel there are two people who are going at it and i don't know if this was intended or not but you can just straight up see someone's butthole and wow i I don't know it i i can't personally say that i have ever seen a butthole on screen before (laughs) and i don't know if that is allowed uh through rating standards i really don't know where they stand on that so
0: well it happened so
1: yeah so it might have just 20 million people
2: saw it not much they can do now or however many people (laughs) all
0: right well good fun fact to wrap up the show